to the Far Shore, episode seven. Wow, it's good to be back. And I think episode seven, isn't that not the biblical number of perfection or holiness? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't you can't start off the podcast with Christian language. I haven't got oh, my no. sound effects lined up yet, so uh... <laughs> <laughs> I did it straight off the bat. Oh well, you picked a difficult one there, though. You, yeah. Do you do you, do you, you actually want, do you, know? Do you want to field it? <laughs> I don't know. So I thought the number seven, and correct me if I'm wrong. I thought the number seven was to do with completeness. So in the Bible, they use number seven to describe something being complete or full. Uh, so oftentimes it's you know, when it's used in the Bible in poetic language, it's often used to describe the completeness, the perfection of God. Is that, is that am I on the right tracks? It, it sounds plausible. I have no idea. Well, we'll go for it. You said it so confidently. And Excellent. then if anyone, if anyone wants to email in with corrections, then, then please do. <laughs> then they should do that. They should do yeah. that. I always think it's funny living in America and having a British accent, uh, even though my British accent is plummeting hard into american um, i was gonna say what british accent do you have it's very american I when i first moved out here it was fun having a british accent you could say things confidently and people would think you knew what you were talking about a major plus but i'm, I'm losing that special power now so so andy this week we were going to talk about the kind of results of our songs from a couple of weeks back um yeah. you took the songs to some of the girls and some of the staff and uh, you recorded their responses, so why don't we why don't we listen to that now? Okay, well, hello everybody on the far shore. Welcome to Revive. I'm here with the Revive girls. Say hello, Revive girls. Hello, girls. <laughs> okay, we've got how many girls we have? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. We've got six girls and three staff for the big judging final of the two songs. Okay, so I'm gonna play the songs now for the girls and then we'll see what their reactions are. So here's the first one. That was the first one, guys. What did the girls think? Okay, so, uh, so what did the girls think? It's not Okay, so uh, so one of the girls thinks it's got not much rhythm. What what else? Kibais, kibais, kibais. What's this? Okay, so it looks like the first the first song wasn't didn't cause such a great reaction on the girls. Vamos para a segunda. Let's go to the second song. Okay. That was the second music. Keep us in that shot. Ela dizia agora, né? Okay. A outra assim era meio fora sem ritmo. So the first one was a bit slow, not much rhythm. E a segunda? A segunda, vamos lá. Até que é boa, dá para o ritmo. It was good because of the rhythm. Que mais? O, o, o som tava um oitavo acima e os outros estavam um oitavo lá embaixo. <laughs> So the second song, uh, the, the, the music was really good, but the singing was, was terrible, an octave lower. Okay, we're going to let's go to the final marks then. Okay, Julgamento Final. Quem gostou? 
da, who liked the first song? Quem gostou da primeira música? Ok, a, a primeira? Sério, vocês gostaram da primeira? Wow, so some people actually did like the first one. So one, two, three, four, five, cinco pessoas, five people went for the first song. E, e quem gostou da segunda? Who liked the second? So there was so there was only four votes for the second song, five for the first one, which means it looks like James, you have it, my friend. Say goodbye. Diga tchau, pessoal. Goodbye. So there we go, Andy. Uh, justice, justice won out. It looks like justice has finally prevailed. I feel really, really uh, happy for you, James, because. <laughs> I think we have all decided that mine was such a big cop-out, was a terrible uh, excuse for a song. And it was almost, I almost had you. There was four votes for me and five for you. Um, but I think finally the revived girls and staff, they saw the sense, they saw that you'd put a lot of effort in there. And despite my my hardest attempts at trying to sway their votes they 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 went with you so congratulations james that's right i look forward to receiving my giant trophy in the mail <laughs> so it's going to be an exciting day it can go up with the rest of my trophies um the penalty trophy i won when i was seven at the soccer camp i went to uh, oh. and that's about it <laughs> you know what i i this is reminding me of a funny story about trophies i both of us, James, we were quite successful soccer players back in the day, and, uh, and we do have quite a, a, a horde of trophies, but most of mine are back in the UK. But I, I did bring one out to Brazil with me, at the, one of the small ones, because some of them are too big to carry, but, uh, but one of the small ones I, I brought out. And I had it up in my apartment in Brazil and, you know, Brazilian friends coming around saying, oh, that's a nice trophy. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I'm a great soccer player. But then one of them could actually read English. And he looked at it and he said, Andy, this is a little trophy that you get after having 25 appearances. You get a trophy. And it was actually just a trophy, which everybody got if you played 25 times with the team. So that was, he burst my bubble a little bit with that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 25 appearances. I didn't even get that trophy, Andy. So, you know. No. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad the girls got to enjoy our songs, and mm. uh, they haven't been clamoring for more. So, um... no, they they were. I think they were quite disappointed, actually. <laughs> I, I, I picked it all up, saying, "Oh, we're going to do something really fun—a radio show, and we're going to show you some music, and you guys are going to be the judges." I think they were kind of had images of the Voice USA passing through their heads, and then. We're, we're pretty let down. <laughs> well, you can apologize on my behalf. So, yeah. but that's your fault for bigging it up. That's your fault yeah. for being too positive. So, <laughs> well, today uh, we have an interview with uh, my sister of all people. So, um, so there's a little bit of banter in there. So uh, there was more banter actually, brother and sister banter, but I had to, had to cut some for time. Um, <laughs> the embarrassing stuff I had to cut for time. Um, so it's interesting interviewing my sister about her work with uh, Faith in Kids, an organization based in the UK. 
and we kind of talk a little bit about what that organization does. And we talk a lot about uh, discipling children in the home and in the church too. Uh, and <laughs> I, I hope you enjoy this interview. Here it is. Right. Okay, welcome, Amy Smith, uh, to the Far Shore. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Woohoo! Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, we've known each other for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be true. I think possibly ever yeah. since you were born, James. Ever since I was born. Yeah, that, that's correct. You know, I think I should rectify some rumours. Um, back when I was in university, I believe I was accused many times of not admitting that I had any sisters. Oh, that's true. Um, that's true. So, uh, Amy, you are my sisters. This, you have. This, yes, this is true. I am one of James's three big blisters, as he um, he would have referred to us possibly. Um, but yes, I am. I am his, his closest in age sister who um, had to push up and down the back garden in a red plastic car a lot. What wonderful memories you have. Fun, fun times. <laughs> fun fun times. times. Simpler times. Amy, you work for an organisation called Faith in Kids. I uh, do. Can you tell us a little bit about that organisation, why they exist and what they do? Oh, well, um, I've, I've been trained to give the, um, the strap line. Um, it's taken me quite a long time to learn it. Faith in Kids exists to support churches and parents in raising children to trust in Jesus Christ eternally so um i kind of felt we needed something catchier and shorter but i've learned it in the end um so as an organization we we want to encourage uh, parents we want to encourage churches to be about the business of raising children to have real faith so we do that uh, through a number of ways we want to train and resource leaders who run kids ministry in churches we see them as the one of the key players um, in the lives of children, but also um, parents to try and encourage and equip, resource, help them to do that uh, massive task that we have uh, as parents that we all need help with. Um, we're writing material for leaders to use to teach the Bible faithfully in a way that we think hits the heart rather than just grows the brain. Um, and we want to try and bridge the gap between church and home, particularly to try and say, um, it isn't just about taking your kids to church to get taught the Bible. It is about uh, living a life of faith. It is about encouraging them about having the conversations at home. We don't outsource this to to, to children's youth leaders. This is a this is our job as parents. So church is massive, but um, parents parents are God's plan A. So how do we equip and encourage both? and try and bridge the gap between the two. Yeah, looking on the Faith in Kids website, as any good interviewer would do beforehand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, done research. Yeah, done my research. Interesting quote on there, and it's kind of related to what you were just saying. It says, too many of the children who attend church grow up knowing Bible facts and a long list of Christian behaviours, but without a love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So could you help our listeners understand what is that difference between um, a knowledge and I love what what difference does that create in kids lives so I think um it's a love for Christ that wins wins the heart um it's only if we're captivated by something better it's only if we truly love Jesus it's only if we truly love um it's only if we're passionate about something we're convinced that it's good um will it really change who we are and how we live 
um, if it's just a list of things to know and ways to behave, it's just it's a it's a tick box. It's it's a fight. Um, it's people pleasing. It's comparing. Am I doing a better job of doing this role or um, belonging to this group or living this lifestyle than others? But if our hearts are one, it's a real life relationship of faith. Um, and I think that's the difference. If you're about if you're about loving Christ and wanting to know him better, then there's freedom in that. Um, and if you're about um, knowing stuff and behaving right, that's that's a prison. Um, that's very stifling and that's just a fight. We grew up in a church probably where a lot of Bible knowledge and um, a lot of rules was kind of foundational to, mm -hmm. to how we experience church. Um, so I've talked a little bit on the podcast before about that and about kind of going through the changes, especially in my teenage years, young adult years, kind of unlearning uh, some yeah. of what it meant yeah. to follow Jesus. What what yeah. did that look like for you? Uh, so I think I do remember as a child, you know, answering questions in a quiz, getting sweets, um, knowing in order the kings of, of Israel and um, you know, before and after the the divide and, you know, who stood third down from Saul at David's anointing, you know, all those kind of things that, like, I'm grateful that I've got a really strong knowledge of mm -hmm. Bible stories. So none of that yeah. is a bad thing. But ultimately, um, I do remember teaching, uh, like, age <laughs> probably about 14, my first ever kids talk to the crash class. Um, and it was on Noah's Ark. And I'd prepared the um the story i'd memorized all the bits i knew what day the raven went out and how many days it was this for before the raven came back and then the dove and the type of the branch and the you know the number of days of the rain and how many the names of all of the so that in terms of facts my story was solid and as more of a creative type i had play-doh and we were putting the animals they're going on and blah, blah. so i did this and panic enthusiasm i've done this great story and they came out and the, the altar and the blah 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 and how many stones there was and whatever else and i remember the girl in my class at the time went nodded her head and said so what miss <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like wow so she was she was a young girl from a single parent home with a disability and a caliper on her leg. And she's just, so what, Miss? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, so what? So what? Why did she need to hear this? How is this going to help her? What does this mean? Um, and then just suddenly to have that moment of seeing it from her eyes and thinking she needs to know that there is a God who keeps his promises she needs to know that there is God who is trustworthy. She needs to know that there's a God who we listen to even if no one else does. That's the so what miss of this story that I haven't even touched on. And I think at that point, that was when probably the children's worker in me was born, that I just thought, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> I'm never going to do that again. Where is the so what miss at the end of all of this? And yeah, I think... I think that's been massive for me and I think that honesty in my own heart as you know how I look at the Bible and how I want to see what is this how does this win my heart before it wins anyone else's 
how is this something that helps me live differently, trust more, view God better, understand me? Um, yeah. I, I yeah, I'm grateful for the the Bible knowledge too. And it's funny, it's it's when the real world hits Bible knowledge, unless there's a a trust in Jesus, unless there's a heart change in there, then the real world wins out. When there's yeah. real what what now or what if or yeah. so what questions hit us, it's that heart change that actually le- leads us in the in the right direction. Otherwise, yeah. it just becomes overwhelmed. The knowledge does. And I think it's about that relationship as well. Mm-hmm. That, you know, a bit like being a parent. You can read a lot of books. You can know a lot of stuff. You can go to a lot of courses. And they can be really, really helpful things. And they can be really good things. Um, but actually, what you need to do is love your kid. And, you know, when you're loving your kid and when you're living with your kid, <laughs> what that looks like is it is different in lots of different circumstances that's a relationship of love that's not just a academic process of learning more and i think you know that academic process of learning more might help you do the loving better but they've got to go together one of the things that we've been um discussing on the podcast recently is a lot of things about church culture and i've been talking a lot about the uh, the american church culture and we've been talking on church is focus on on programs um, so in America, <clears throat> a lot of time and money is invested in making the best programs possible. And some of those programs that are really important, are obviously, children and youth programs. Yeah. And a lot of people uh, first have contact with the gospel in children's and youth programs. Maybe it's through mm-hmm. a summer program, a summer camp, um, a youth group. Um, but oftentimes these these programs are great. But when people hit adulthood, uh, we see this giant drop-off um, from those young people that no longer seem to be interested in engaging with the church or engaging with their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we make sure that these programs are effective in bringing about heart change? Or I, the word we use in the podcast, obviously, is disciple-making. Disciple-making mm-hmm. is that idea of changing mm-hmm. someone's heart to follow Jesus. Um, yep. And how do we make it so we're not just reframing uh, these programs so that we're still giving information um but just in a cool way so how do we how do we start <laughs> wow um well i don't think the church i'm no expert clearly on the church in the us uh, but i don't think the struggles that are being faced uh between the us and the uk are that massively different um i think we're all coming slightly reeling out of a bit of a uh, hit between the eyes on what is kids and youth ministry about um and those of us who have been big events organizers and program runners and um uh timetable rotor producers have suddenly gone what (laughs) um oh wow it's really on the families right now and how do we help them and what do we do and how do we rethink this thing and how do we give people support um and i think you know, I hope we come out of this with maybe a bit of a better balance. Um, I think when we think about having set up ministries to be very event focused, I think that's because oftentimes is born out of a heart to want to be as effective as we can be. Um, we're passionate about his, kids hearing the gospel. So we say what will get them in, what will fill the room. 
let's give them free food, let's be cool, let's get smoke and lights, let's give them what they like. Um, what do you want to tell them while we're here? Well, you know, we want them to come to faith. So we want to tell them the gospel as simply as we can. We want them to tell them to trust Jesus. We want them to pray a prayer. We want to get them through the door. Mm-hmm. We want to get them through the door to make a decision to live for Jesus. And the moment once we've done that, we just want to keep them here. We want to tell them, stay, stay here, stay here, please stay here. Um, and we just kind of hope that God's going to do the rest and they can hang on. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I read um, a quote recently. There was something like, uh, if you bring... If you bring people to church with donuts, then they're going to expect donuts every week. <laughs> I think it was something <laughs> like that. So. Yeah, and I think um, we also know that then, because not many are going to stick it out, uh, let's increase the chances of the not many being bigger by getting more in the first place, <laughs> like numbers stuff. Whereas actually, if we really think, what do we believe makes a difference? What do we believe um so knowing the truth, um, changing the heart, having real conversations, having a relationship, uh, looking at Jesus in the Bible, understanding who he is and what he's done, applying that to our lives. It's those simple, um, simple but hard, long game things mm-hmm. that will actually make the difference. Yeah, um, very, very inefficient. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know... It is about, go on. No, I was going to ask a question just from what you were saying there. And just leaving aside Christian families for a second, we'll we'll tackle kind of Christian parents and kids in a second. But I I do realise that programmes and youth groups and stuff like that are a way in which we engage with with youth and kids from non-Christian families. Um, Oftentimes, non-Christian families send their kids along to church to events because they know their kids are going to be loved, going to be taken care of, um, and hopefully going to have a fun time. Um, So obviously those families in particular, those young people are not going to be discipled in their home. Where where they're going to be taught about Jesus is is in these programs too. So what would a program look like for those people if, if it's based on kind of the long game, if it's based on relationship building, what, what would need to happen? Um, I think I think it's exactly the same as what would happen um, in in a Christian from a, a kid from a Christian home, but um, there's more riding on it. Um, so I think the importance of a relationship is massive. So to have a small group that you belong to, to have a leader who consistently knows you, who knows your name, who knows what you like, who knows what you don't like, who knows what you're struggling with, who you trust. Um, to be able to have a chat with about how you're getting on and what your questions are, who will pray with you, who will, um, who won't cut your parents out of the loop because what would they possibly understand, but would, you know, praise your parents, include your parents where they can, you know, your parents want what's good for you, help their kid to see that, you know, okay, they might not be teaching you the Bible, but they are modelling um gospel principles to you you know if your parents are, are loving one another and working hard and um caring for you and there's a lot of things that you can learn from from this there's a lot of good um principles of god's common grace at work in your family life so i think you know our sort of horror that you know oh you've not got this disciple discipling happening at home um 
it, it's not that there's nothing that isn't helpful. There's loads that's helpful and there's loads that you can learn and that you can respect your parents and love your parents and they're modeling stuff to you. Um, but, you know, they aren't going to be able to point you, help you through a Bible study, but I can do that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they're modeling to you what, what loving others looks like and, you know, okay, let's, let's drill down to the heart of, you know, who, who ultimately shows us that in a perfect way. So, yeah, I think small group relational Bible teaching. Yeah. And I think I remember we talking about our background growing up too. We talked about the fact that we uh, grew up in a kind of facts-based legalistic uh, environment at times too. But if I look back on, um, one of the things that was very positive about our upbringing is that I felt like there were people around that invested in us as yeah. children and as young people, uh, yeah. gave us lots of opportunities to serve, lots of opportunity to grow. And I can think back to examples of people that uh, modeled uh, yeah. in a healthy way uh, what it was to uh, to follow Christ too. Yeah. And, and those those relationships made a huge difference. Definitely. Yeah. And And I think, you know, part of being a young person is that sort of gradual separation of independence of, of, of growing up and deciding who you are away from your parents. And there are times where no matter how supportive, loving, whatever your Christian home might be, you still got questions that is this, is this my faith or is this theirs? Is this how, what I identify with or not? I need a safe space to talk to somebody who isn't going to burst into tears because their emotional desire for, to want me to live for Christ is so huge that they just can't cope with the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, a youth leader who can go, well, you know, what do you think? Let's talk it through. What does the Bible say? Why don't we pray? Let's have a chat instead of, you know, a sobbing mother who's just saying, oh, no, I just I just don't want you. I just don't want you to go to hell. You know, is is what is what every young person needs. <laughs> that's true that's true (laughs) well let's let's tackle that topic of kind of the christian home and obviously this year you referenced this in your previous uh, answer where you talk about covid kind of upending um, the idea of how we do uh, kids ministry um, how the church approaches families Um, so what is the responsibility do you think of christian parents in the home in discipling their own children versus the responsibility of the church uh, to disciple children. Wow. And I, and I think and I think that this, I was actually thinking about this question uh, last night when I should have been sleeping. Um, <laughs> so Overrated, overrated sleep. Overrated sleep. And I was thinking it is, it is a very Western culture kind of question because, you know, for us, we are very individualistic in our families. So we already have a very separate idea of this is my family unit, and this is my church over here. And, you know, a lot of the principles we see in the Bible is built on a culture where there was a lot of uh, community uh, living rather than just these individually family units around too. So it's a very kind of specific question to our Western culture where we like to hide safely inside mm-hmm. our houses. Mm-hmm. So I think... I think your question was about what was your question was about parenting. It was parents and church. Okay, and then I shared my my nightly news. Sorry. So no. (laughs) Okay, great. Back in the room on the question. Um, I think parents are we are we are plan A for our kids. 
uh, we are God's plan A. Uh, God gives children to parents and parents to children. And as a mum of adopted kids, I'm allowed to say that. Um, I'm, I'm allowed to say that extra, extra. Um, God gives, has given me, I am the, the parent that he designed for my kids. I am his plan A. And I think with that become comes a big responsibility, but with that also comes, um, you know, God has given us a task to do. So he gives us the strength of which to do it. Um, and by his spirit, he is for us as we try to parent our kids and point our kids to, to Christ. So I think we need to grow. <laughs> I'm going to say grow a pair, but maybe that's the wrong thing to say. We need to... As well, this parents... is a far show, you can say that. That's fine. <laughs> okay, great. We need to step up and own it, that that is who we are and, and have some confidence about that. That um, and, and I think we've been outsourcers so I I, st- I stand both sides of the of the divide as a parent and as a you know a kids worker in a church. I get it. Um, we want to outsource. We want to send our kids to the experts. We want to say I don't think I'm going to be very good at this. So I'm going to send them to somebody that is. Um, I'll take them to church. I'll drop them off at a program. There's young and groovy people there who can teach them about Jesus, and I'll pick them up when it's done. Um, and you know, church has a massive role to play, and it's a great resource and it's a great help, but it isn't it. We are plan A. Um, so unless you are having faith conversations in your home, unless you are working out what this looks like, unless unless you are unless you are making this part of life, uh, this isn't you know. Apart from a miracle of grace, this isn't going to work. Um, you are the parents who are there when your child is having a tantrum. You are the people who are there when their heart is broken, when they're in a crisis, when they're having a meltdown. You are the people who God has put in their lives to be the ones who say, what is the truth that we tell our hearts here? What is what we cling to? What do we need to remember? What is there to pray? You're with the best one in the world. You're five, you're like five days away from talking to your youth leader again, say, but you know, you're, you're, you're five seconds away from, from talking to your mom or dad or carer or whoever God has put in your life um, about it. And that's why it needs to be us. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the role that church has to play is, is big in terms of supporting families, supporting parents, encouraging kids. Um, but I think we've probably de-skilled, <laughs> de-skilled ourselves as parents and like downplayed our role because we kind of would like it to be someone else's job. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's about stepping up to that and partnering with the church. So there's that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And I think that's true uh, in faith. It takes your church community. So your your family is plan A and your um, church community is like your first aid box that has all kinds of help within it. Um, that families need you know I talk to crying mums with preschoolers and and newborns and I I actually just want to say you need to be in a church because in a church you've got mums who are slightly further down the road than you who can give you a chat there's dads who've been there who can give you support there's you know there's 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 people who make you a casserole there's people who find you a job there's people who'll give you advice on something and there's people who encourage you in the truth and there's people who pray with you and for you that you know a church is a massive blessing but um it's it's 
it's it's a it's the wider family that supports the nuclear family mm-hmm. um and that's what we need to get back in our heads so talking more about that idea of kind of the responsibility of parents the the nuclear family there if we have a family that's listening and they want to foster uh, a culture of discipleship in their home but they're not sure where to start uh, what would be your advice in terms of getting started i think so basic principle of uh, where is your faith conversation happening so can you open the do you open the bible together and talk about it you know there are loads of resources out there that can help you do that that isn't supposed to be a massive burden that you know if you're not doing this every day that you're therefore going to fail but that is a moment um for you to step up to the plate as a parent and give it a go and you're not supposed to be the world's greatest expert but you can re- open a bible read a few verses and say well that's good what do you think um and pray and say help us to know that this is true uh, you know as an organization we've written family devotion guides to try and help people do that in a non-threatening way in a way that does some of those like answering questions chatting about it th- chatting through and it can be really helpful as a parent to be modeling letting your child in on your own faith that you aren't, I'm the leader of this Bible study and you are the students of this Bible study, but we're all a family together that want to learn how to live for Jesus better. So I'm going to pick up this book and I'm going to say, oh, what's it saying here? And we're all going to learn together and I'm going to say, well, I find that hard. Do you find that hard? Yeah, we all find that hard. Let's pray and ask God to help us. So just starting the conversation and being open about not being the finished article and I think that's one of the massively liberating things about being a Christian is that we aren't supposed to be the finished article. We're just supposed to be growing. So as a parent, my biggest job is to model what needing what needing Jesus looks like to my kids. And that's suddenly a lot easier to do. So that means I fail and go, man, I got that wrong. Or, wow, check out my sinful heart. I need Jesus too, just like you do. You know, suddenly, wow you mean it's okay to get it wrong yes it totally is and we go to jesus with that Mm -hmm. um so i just think a simple thing trying to open the bible together trying to read together trying to listen to something together even if you you know that sounds terrifying you know listen to a podcast together and say what do you think about that um watch a film what do you think about that who do you think the hero is who do you think the hero is of the bible story what does that tell us you know just um so if you want a pithy soundbite, I'll tell you, look for the wow moment in the day. So particularly with younger kids, where is the wow moment in your day that you can say, oh, God made that. Isn't God good? Isn't God kind? And look for the ow moment in your day, that like the thing that went wrong. And what can we do? How can we pray? Who do we trust? What do we say to ourselves? Um, yeah. So they're just simple ways of trying to get those faith conversations happening in life yeah yeah oh that's helpful um so let's let's switch tack and let's go back to let's go back to the church worker okay Um, so obviously uh church workers children's workers youth workers they're currently uh crying into their coffee this morning (laughs) at their lack of lack of timetable and schedule and you know their summer what are we camp. Do next? Ah. Yeah, their summer camp and their vacation Bible school is looking like a shipwreck for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, what what would you kind of tell them to encourage them? I you know I was trying to think of Amy's kind of top three things they should prioritize moving forwards. 
and top three things they should avoid? I guess my big three things would be how are you going to partner with parents from here on in? How are you going to include them more? How are you going to to restructure or what changes are you going to make so that you're going to say, I'm letting you in on the story of what we're trying to do and you need to let me in on the story of what you're doing at home? Um, how are we going to talk more? How are we going to share more? Um, you are a great resource for me and I am a great resource for you. So, you know, let's stop hiding from one another and thinking one another are the experts um, and let's start working together. And I think something I'd really encourage you to try and work out is how can you encourage parents and leaders to pray together for their children and young people? Because the minute you think that the the children's youth leader is an expert who knows stuff that you don't know and the minute you think as a children's worker that the parent is the you know a terrifying person who just is going to think you're doing everything wrong um that barrier is huge the minute you've got those two people sitting in a room together praying by name for the parent's child i guarantee the parent will be in floods of tears thinking you mean you love them and the youth leader will be, you know, totally heartwarming that I'm not on my own. That, um, so, yeah, I'd say, how are you going to partner with one another? How are you going to talk to one another better? How are you going to pray? Just thinking practically through uh, what does your ministry look like? How are you going to avoid it being about a personality type, about promoting a leader that's, you know, confident and sporty and whatever how are you going to say no matter who you are you have value and there's people that you can talk to who can relate to you that, that was, was more than three, three. <laughs> that was like uh, 25 but uh... <laughs> yeah but don't the number of people that would say to me they want me to say buy these bean bags get these hoodies get these snacks yeah, yeah. and i go yes 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 tick 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 dun 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 and it's it ain't that. I think oftentimes that's the challenge is that if we could just buy bean bags or if I could just buy my kids a <laughs> gift and it would it would make it make everything what I, flow. What do I order better. on Amazon, please? Click, yeah. click, click, done, done, done. <laughs> but that in, investment in, in relationship uh, takes time, takes effort and takes takes vulnerability. You can't be you you can't you can't be in a relationship with someone if you're not real at your end mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I just, you know, there's, there's no, there'll be no one standout thing in your child's life that they will be able to say it was that that convinced me. Um, and, and that's not to say that camps and hoodies and beanbags and pizza nights and all those things are an important part of growing this community and feeling part of something. And But it's, it's what, what is the white noise? <laughs> what is the white noise in your kid's life that is the, the general thing that if, when it's gone and they notice that it's gone, but it's having that regular influence that you know how is the the sort of tone of your family life about faith trusting jesus needing jesus loving jesus i get it they shouldn't be able to pin it down to one thing because it's just happening regularly did you give me three things you should avoid too or did you just give me 25 just, things you uh... uh i think what was an avoid they are a personality so don't just have one brand of cool one big leader per- i mean you need big lead- you need big personalities but you need lots of personalities yeah um you don't need just one thing that we need to all be like you know your youth ministry needs to af- reflect the beautiful diversity of family life and church life and you know the 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 nerd the sporty the whoever whatever brand or you'd identify with 
feels that you know there's someone that who can they can talk to and they're not cut out um avoid separation the siloing thing and um, i think avoid being the hero this is the one thing i haven't said avoid being the hero of your story um to as a parent and as a kids leader that you know i think so often as kids leaders you know we plan the session we've got the event we've got the snack we've made the craft we've got this brilliant thing that we've done we've played the most epic game we've told the funniest jokes and the kid walks out of your session event whatever thinking you're amazing um because you did all that and that was great um you need to make christ the hero and you need to get out of the way so you know i think that's that's huge what do kids leave your event thinking aren't they great at that church isn't that leader funny and cool or wow they've made me they've challenged me to think about jesus in a way that i haven't before or what that's big is that true is that real and i think as parents too you know do your kids walk away thinking that you're sorted and if only i was as good as them um or do they walk away from your your slight car crash of a family bible time thinking well that was odd but clearly the bible really matters to dad you know (laughs) (laughs) that's fine you know get out of the way and make make jesus the hero sounds good sounds good there you go and there's only three of those too so there was only three of those it's like i'd almost prepared it (laughs) and then remembered what i prepared instead of dwarf waffled well here we go in closing amy in closing today um thank you for deeming to be interviewed by your younger brother takes a strong older sister to uh to allow this to happen so hi james you're cleverer than me i get it is that right (laughs) well ed your boss wouldn't be happy if we uh if we didn't discuss what resources parents and kids workers can can access on our website there's uh, links to all the different resources that we're running there's um, information on the podcasts we record podcasts for children and we report record podcasts for parents there's downloadable material for um sunday school teachers and leaders um we're just coming up to easter and we've got a lot of easter resources to try and encourage churches to think outside the box on what kind of things could you do this easter and one of the things that we're doing is we're doing a bake along event so you could even join in from your side of the atlantic um it's it's gonna be on uh, the 27th of the Saturday the 27th at 2 p.m UK time but it'll be available anytime that suits you after that and it's um, a lovely lady baking Easter brownies and talking about the uh, Easter story with Ed um, and it's an opportunity to invite your mates and um, talk about Jesus and the Easter story and a little bit of kind of what we're trying to say about why not try and talk about Jesus do normal family things at home so as as a family, you can break brownies and talk about how Jesus died and rose again in a way that your kids understand that it's true and it's real and it has, it could make a difference to their lives. This is an example of how doing normal family life stuff can start a faith conversation. Faithinkids.org. Faithinkids.org. I will put a link. Put the link. Put the link in the show notes. 
I will do. I'm going to teach you how to do Linktree as well. Okay, so you can excellent. put it on your Instagram you, page. You guys are the podcast experts. So, and if people are listening and they're like, you know what, I'm just getting into podcasting and I'd like to listen to a better podcast, then I do recommend <laughs> <laughs> The Faith in Kids is a much more polished, uh, polished podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, that's because I'm not on it as much. Modest, <laughs> oh, modest. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, well, Amy, thanks so much again. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And um, I guess we'll get back to the uh, the wonderful world of parenting. Indeed. Back to the trenches. Back to the trenches. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, well, thank you very much, Amy, for that uh, interview. Well done, James, again. Brilliant interview. And it was really, really good. Some really good suggestions of resources. And I think, I don't know whether, I think a lot of people are in the same boat that, you know, I've got two kids, two young kids and lockdown, you know, has, has, has meant that we're spending a lot more time together. And I've really kind of been really convicted about the really bad job I'm doing of, of bringing up my kids, you know, doing some devotional times and, and, and trying to really tell them Bible stories and, and be intentional about that. And so, so Amy came up some, with some really cool stuff, which I'm yeah. going to. No, and I think that, I think the key thing as well, what she was talking about is that idea of actually living out our, uh, our faith and our convictions in front of our kids. Yeah. Oftentimes as adults, we try and keep those things separately. We put on a really good face for our kids. Um, mm. And I think it's so important sometimes to demonstrate our own faith journey in front of our kids, um, yeah. both, you know, when we are uh, doing well and also when we're struggling to and when we mess up. Um, because I think kids need to see that in adults. We need to model what's it like when we mess up? What's it like when we hurt someone? What's it like when we offend someone? When we have a bad day, how do yeah. how do Christians respond to that? Um, right. Unless we kind of show them in person, unless we model it for them, uh, yeah. they're not going to learn to. And I also love that point you made about just just start something. You're not trying to impress anyone. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just mm -hmm. just start somewhere. So the website's yeah. pretty good, and actually they have a podcast. She did mention it. Uh, podcast Faith in Kids. They have two podcasts. One's for kids. Uh, my kids have listened to it and they enjoy it. It's normally a Bible story and uh, they're discussing different things about faith and following Jesus. And they also have a podcast for parents too, where they discuss some of the bigger issues. And it's a lot more professional than this podcast. I was going to say, I wonder <laughs> how is this? Oh, well, anyway, yeah, we have something to uh, to esteem to. But I will definitely find that podcast for my kids and we'll have it playing in the car. That'd be really good. So there we go, Andy. Another another episode wrapped up. Excited to keep going with these podcasts next week. We're going to carry on this theme of kids, and mm. we're going to talk about being dads. Yeah, um, you know, there's lots of lots of resources out there um, for parents, and there's lots of discussion out there for 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 mums. Uh, but oftentimes, the idea of, of fatherhood is not talked about as much. So mm. next week, we're going to talk about uh, our experiences, dads and as as christian dads and uh, some of the things that we've learned so far we've still got a lot to learn 
Um, I guess we're just going to be dealing with elementary age kids. <laughs> yeah, at the moment. <laughs> so just going to talk about some of the struggles that we've had too. So, uh, so yeah. hopefully it'll be a good discussion. Yeah, that'd be really good. And I'll try and bring in some of the experience that that I've had here at Revive and some of the other male role models here have taken on the kind of father figure uh, for, for some kids and teenagers who haven't had uh, a good father figure as well. So yeah. that'd be interesting. So yeah, yeah. it'd be... Danny time. Yeah. And next week, we should also talk about your new job, Andy. There's been some big news uh, for you and your family in the last couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, those that follow Revive International online may have seen that news already, um, but there's going to be some big changes. Um, so we'll spend some time next week also unpacking those changes and what it means for, for your future and for the future of Revive too. Yeah. Exciting times. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can email us at thefarshore at reviveinternational.net. To learn more about the work of Revive International, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, revive-international.org. Please subscribe to keep track of new episodes. We look forward to you joining us on our next journey being called to the far shore.